All right, what's going on? What is crack a lackin' everybody? Welcome to Podcast 49. If you haven't heard Podcast 48, I kind of break it down. I will be uh, kind of cutting down the, the weekly down to probably a every three-week episode. That's what it looks like I've been deciding uh, to do. I think it's going to be well not saying that the podcasts haven't been well done. I I, I just think that you'll, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it's going to be a little bit longer than probably an hour on every three weeks. And it'll be something to soak up on. And it just gives me a chance to really think about different things and talk about and bring some guests on and whatnot. But meanwhile, if you want to learn more about what's going on in that, listen to podcast 47 or excuse me, 48 and uh, you'll get the four, full 411. Now, moving on, as usual, I will be attending the Kiko Glue Pulling Repair Seminar along with Dave Shalott, uh, Gene Fetty, and I'm not sure who else is going to be there as uh, far as uh, people who are going to help with that and be there. Uh, but I know there's other people who are going to be attending for that, and I think that it is something you should consider doing. It's going to be in Oklahoma City at their home turf. And I hope I hope to see you guys there. I'll have a link below where you can sign up if you're interested. And on another note, I just want to give you guys a heads up. Save the date, October 17th through the 19th. Mega media event signups start 4th of July. 4th of July. We're expecting... It to be sold out. It will be in Colorado, in Greeley, Colorado, just north of Denver at Cole Fox's joint, his his shop. Super state-of-the-art shop. If you haven't uh, checked out Cole Fox on Facebook, man, he has got an awesome, awesome shop. Uh, really well done, and we're excited that he's hosting it, and we're excited to be there, and I think you'll going to love it. So... If I haven't talked much about Mega Media, let me explain what it is and see if it's for you. Mega Media is an event that fills the holes that you sometimes can't do, or most of the time you can't do. You know, what's it going to take for you to get a professional photo shoot op um, of your style, of 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 what PDR is about? You know, capture the moment. And that's what we do. We we hire a full-time professional photographer to be there and take different shots of you on the vehicle. And then we have a Photoshop background and we will be, you know, filling that in. So it's, it's badass. That's all I'm going to say. And, and on top of that, I'm not done yet. On top of that, we'll be doing some, some personal videos about you. Um, an interview shot. Where we're going to ask you questions. And if you've already been to this and you're saying, oh, man, another interview, different interview shot. Well, I can do another interview shot. Or we have one other option, which we haven't announced yet. But I think most of you will want the interview shot because it is so it's so personable. And it really does help connect with your customers about who you are and how you represent your company. And that's how we're, we're going to do it. We're not, it's not going to just be a straight interview. You're going to have uh, video clips of yourself working on different uh, cars that we're going to have there. And, and uh, the, the sequence of paintless dent repair, we, again, you're educating your customer. At the same time, you're building trust at the, uh, along with that. So that's what Mega Media is going to, to be about. And, and intense courses about social media about generally just straight social media and how you can promote your business all the way from Google, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and Google, you know, pay-per-clicks, which Jason, speaking of Jason Dentline, is going to be there speaking. And he's as smart as a mofo. You see how fast he has grown his business, how, how busy he is in a very packed I wouldn't say saturated. I'm not gonna. I never say saturated. In a very packed and busy um, PDR industry in that area. So expect to hear some good st stuff from him. He's a nice guy, and uh, I, I know you'll learn a lot between all three of those things. I mean, each one of those. If you had to do it yourself and go to a seminar, 
with either one of these, you're going to expect to at least pay $1,500 a minimum for each segment. So in general, what this is going to do is motivate you to the T, give you a formula, give you some new insights, and give you, it feels like a new, new breath of fresh, fresh air for your company. It really does. For your company and something that you can do right away, you don't have to wait, you don't have to practice, and you can see instant results if you follow the formula that we help you with. So I hope to see you guys there. We'll be announcing where you can sign up on July 4th. And we do think it's going to be a sold out uh, show. So please get your early bird tickets while you can. All right, now what we're going to do is move on to uh, the podcast. And the podcast, sorry, it took so long to to <laughs> explain things, but I have I generally don't do that to you guys. But on certain events, especially my own, along with John Hiley, I'm, I'm going to take a couple minutes. So sorry about that. Let's get right into the podcast. And what this is about, this is about calling a good friend of mine, Doug Hillius, in Seattle, Washington. And I chit-chatted with him already. And we talked about the business of of his shop. Like, like he would be a good person to talk to, to hear a different take on how he runs his shop. And I sent him the message and he sent back, he goes, I don't know if I'm the right guy. I'm just a heads down, put my head down guy. And I, I go to work, Mike, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm kind of concerned that I, you know, I'm not an industry leader in that thing. I just do what I got to do. And he explained to me what he does. And I said, that's perfect. Let's get you on. And the interview came out great. And I learned a lot. And I think anybody who doesn't have a shop or anybody who does have a shop, it's good to listen to because there are some things that, you know, that he was looking for and what he does and how he treats the, his team at his business, Dent Solutions. And then just hearing his humble takes on, on a few things, uh, I think it, it was really, really good to, to listen to. So the interview with Doug really made me think about different aspects of how I run my company. Some things we are uh, completely different at uh, running a shop, like I'm referring to Doug and myself, and some stuff we're right on about certain things. So let's get into the interview with Doug. Tell me you guys' thoughts. What would you do? What do you do? What are you planning to do? Leave me some comments if you get a chance. Hit me up, send me some messages, put it on my Facebook. Let me know what you guys thought because uh, the podcast does get broadcast on my Facebook page slash Dent Time. Check that out. Also, it is on Dent Trainer on the Facebook, Facebook slash Dent Trainer. Check that out. So I got this quick story to tell you. Well, I don't know if it's going to be quick, but I, let me tell you this story because I, I feel like we definitely have to keep raising awareness about PDR. And here's the reason why. I've had a past customer where he took his dent out. No complaints there. So he needs our service again. And I, I honestly, I can't tell you when we serviced his vehicle, but recently he booked an appointment to get his scratch repaired on his vehicle and he wanted to get some PDR done. So he asked me a quote and I told him $175. Now this is about a quarter size Dording and a panel that we may or may not have to remove. But if we don't, it could be a glue pole. And it was somewhat, a little bit sharp. Not not really sharp, but, but sharp enough, okay? Not to be a $150 or $125 or whatever um, a decent dent is. And FYI, guys, I, I do charge $150 for my repairs. But anyhow... Uh, so he asked, he goes, that seems kind of high. Any way you can do better? I said, unfortunately, no, because there are factors that, that are involved. And I just mentioned it because it was a little sharp and we don't know what access is going to be like and yada, yada. He goes, okay, I'll get back to you. 
So he, now this is all through text messaging. And he sends me a text says, what is your email? I have a reply that's going to be too long for a text message. I'm like, oh, great. So he sends me an email and he states that he remembers when he bought the car, there was a couple dents in there and then they took it in the back at Mossy Nissan, a, a dealership. And they were done in like 10 minutes, well, 15 minutes, whatever. And they, they probably did 10 minutes worth of work. And since, since he had that experience, because it was so fast, that he overlooked the value that he got. And he assumes that he puts a price tag. He never tells me exactly what it would cost, but because, of course, they took care of it. So he has no idea. I don't know what gave this person the perception, which I'm getting at. He asked me, so I think $100 is fair. What do you think? Let me tell you something, dude. I, I wanted, I, I, I went through the roof. You know, I didn't tell him that, but I wanted to reply like, you know, go kick sand and way worse than that. But before I get to my reply, my main thing is why do people have the perception that paintless dent repair is cheap? I'll tell you why. Because we've been telling them, the public, it's cheaper than a body shop. And I'm guilty of it myself. And people think, well, the faster we are at it, the cheaper it should be. Man, we are thinking and and telling our customers the whole wrong perception of paintless dent repair. Remember, they're paying you for your experience, not for how fast you are. And it's a bonus if you are fast. Good quality and you're fast, that's a bonus in my book. That deserves a tip all day long. Hallelujah, I'm in. But we, we don't provide enough evidence or justification to show that to our customers. For some reason, we're afraid to do, to do that. But we'll say how fast and how cheap we are. And we bring that together and we're telling them, hey, well, if it's fast, you still get cheap. And then if it's, even if we're slow, it's cheap. So my, my reply to this person was, again, uh, his name was Matthew, and I said, Matthew, I understand where you're coming from, no problem. However, I'm not charging you for 10 minutes worth of work. I'm charging you for the years of experience I've been doing this. And yes, you could probably find someone cheaper, but you also find a lot of inconsistency in the quality. You never know what you're going to get. PDR is very much like plastic surgery. You don't ask who's the cheapest. You want who's the best. I appreciate your offer, but I'm going to have to kindly decline. If you'd like to move forward, Matthew, I would be more than happy to have the opportunity to work on your vehicle again. Here's the link if you'd like to still schedule. Thank you. That's how I handled it. I really wanted to handle it a different way. But I put the ball in his court, let him decide again what the quality is about. There, there's, there's almost no argument when you put it that way in those terms. Because everyone's always looking for the cheapest price. But in the end, what's going to matter? The quality or the cheaper price? And once in a while, yeah, they're going to get lucky. And they'll have someone do a good job for a cheap price because that person at that moment doesn't understand the value of their own service. Not yet. And hopefully that will be you. All right, man, let's get right into the podcast. All right, so I got Doug on here. So Doug is a total, totally underrated Peter Tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who flies uh, under the radar. Yeah, and he's yeah. And he's quietly grown his business from mobile to shop now. You're going to hear, you You people are listening, you're going to hear his story, and I'm sure you're going to learn a little something too as well. So I'm proud to introduce you to Doug Hillius from Dent Solutions in Seattle, Washington. So how are you doing there, Doug? I'm good, Mike. I'm good. It's not raining, so we're good. 
We're yeah, good. You're not, it's not raining, dude. Good, good, good for you, man. <clears throat> well, listen, I, I want you to give a brief history how you got in the business and and okay. uh, how many years you've been doing it. And, you know, the same old, same old. But we won't, I mean, just tell me, what, give, give the people some insight about you. Um, so let me see. I got, I got started in February 99. Um, I was actually, everybody asked me how this got started. Um, my cousin actually worked at the auction and he called me and said, Hey, I, I got approached by this company and they're wondering if I want to get into this stuff and I'm not really wanting to do it. What do you think? And so, and it was, it was Dent Wizard that was running the auction down there. So I said, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to meet him. So I met with the outside sales guy and we were talking and he said, Hey man, a, a great interview. It's, it's, you, you sound like this is something maybe for you. He said, we got a couple guys waiting to go to school, but if, if you want to go, we'll send you first. And I was like, Oh man, I got to make a pretty big decision up. But, um, I decided that it was for me. And so I went off to school and, um, I worked for those guys for five years to the date and, and left on my five year anniversary and started my own business. I'll be honest with you. I know, I know a lot of guys get into this and they think, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to run this trend and I'm going to go off on my own. It, it really wasn't my intent. Uh, I don't, I don't have a problem working for people as long as I, I feel appreciated. Um, I'll, I'll always remember, here's a good story. When I worked for those guys back the first Christmas party. So I've been working for this company since February and now we're in December and, and had a couple owners and one of the owners sought me out and he asked me, Hey, are you Doug? And I said, yeah, that's me. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm Mark, the other owner down in San Francisco. And now he got a little like, Oh gee, what's going on? And he says, I got a question for you. And I said, how was that? He says, I, I just got to know how you're billing the numbers that you're billing. And I said, uh, I don't know. I, I like to work. You know, he's like, I, I'll be honest with you. He goes, I've never, never seen anybody come out of school and do those kind of numbers. And I said, well, if you give me a job that says the more I work, the more I can make, why wouldn't I run with it? So, that's how that went. Um, I know some people have good or bad views of that company. Um, I'm on the fence with them. I mean, I, I'm grateful that I learned the trade from that company, and uh, um, but I'm glad to be on my own too. Um, I like I like the guys that work for me, so I want them to know that. And I felt like when I was back there, it was sort of a Hey, you're just a number. Go do your thing. Doesn't really matter the numbers you produce, even though you're producing really high numbers. Sometimes a pat on the back and a thank you is really all a guy really needs, you know. So. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I am going to be talking to you a little bit more. We're going to go a little bit deeper in, into your your company and and your employees or your your subcontractors. I, I don't know what you have them listed, and we'll get to that too. But okay, yeah. Um, but that's great. I mean, that that's great to hear. I've never heard that part of the take where you so basically Doug you're saying that you are you're grateful you got the opportunity and you worked for them but you're definitely also grateful that you have the opportunity to obviously have your own business too as well yeah I mean um, like I said I was never my intent to learn it and start my own gig and, and take all the responsibilities that come on with being an owner because you know as well as I did everybody thinks as an owner you just must be out playing golf you know what I mean? There's yeah. so much that happens when you're not just at work, uh, pushing dance and all the stuff that happens after hours and things like that. Um, I just, I, I, like I said, I, I felt a little, little underappreciated. So I want to make sure that if I ever brought a guy on and that wasn't my intent, like I said, from the beginning is like, oh, I'm going to build this up. Um, I'm grateful for where it is now, but I just knew that if I ever did, I would never make those mistakes. Right. Like I want, I never call the guys that work for me, my employees. I always say they're the guys I work with. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, I mean, that's just sort of the way I do it. And I, I try to make sure that they're taken care of so that they, they appreciate working for me as much as I appreciate them working for me. All right. So. Yeah. Well, I, I want you to hold that thought because I'm going okay. to, because I know there's people out there and just to give you guys the audience a heads up, I'm going to be asking Doug and you can think about this, Doug, why, why we go into another topic though, but, um, you know, my main thing is, is how do you, you know, how, how do you keep your, your techs happy? You know what I mean? And, you know, and how do you, how do you treat them? You know what I mean? So think about that though, cause I'm going to I'm going to get to that question as well anyways. So I want to ask you, cause you work on all, you, so you started mobile, right? You started as a mobile tech, right? Around town. 16 years. Yep. 
Yeah. 16 years. Okay. And, um, and you got a shop and what made you, what made you, what, what, what kind of game plan helped you make a decision to, to go have a shop? What, what, what led you to that? Oh man, you know, I could say Seattle traffic and I would blanket the entire question. Uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I saw the market. I mean, I guess I'm going in my fifth year of having a shop. Um, and it's cool. I see so many people trying to do that. I think it's such a great way of legitimizing what we do as opposed to, and, and I hope everybody keeps in mind, like 16 years of driving to people's houses and driving on site and going to lots and doing all that stuff. Um, I think it totally legitimizes what we do. Um, nice, clean shop. Someone comes in and sees it and they go, well, you know, this, I'm, I'm willing to hand my keys over to this person in this environment and have them take my car. If they look at what you're doing and look at your shop and look at the way you present yourself, there's a good chance that they're going to feel comfortable handing over their keys and, and having you take care of probably their second most expensive thing they own next to their house. Right. Um, so plus I, I guess I just, I like the fact that in a shop, your ability to control the environment is there. Um, I joked about, rain and traffic but that's what we have here so if you fight your way to someone's house and it's raining and they don't have a garage to work in sometimes it's a little hard to get the get the result that you want to right but in a shop it's covered it's clean it's heat gun when you need it take a door off when you need it and i, I will be honest that once you get a shop it certainly changes the kind of repairs you do seems like you never see a door ding or anything anymore you see hey look at this someone said you could fix it yeah so you, you definitely see bigger damage than you'd normally see because you wouldn't take those jobs on by in someone's driveway per se you know and you wouldn't do them at a dealer the same way you do it so yeah. I, I like the challenge of the bigger stuff and i like the i like the hey two other guys looked at this and said it couldn't be done and even sometimes when you say, ah, I don't know if this can be done, but as soon as you heard two other guys said, no, you know, you're going to try it. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, yeah. did you really, I mean, what would really say, okay, you know, I, it's time for me to have a shop though. What, what made you come to that decision? I mean, what was the ultimate pushing point to say, all right, it's time for me to open up a shop. What, what, what came to that decision though? I guess I saw the potential in retail as opposed to, I mean, 16 years, a lot of years to continually go to a dealer, go to a dealer, go to a dealer, you know, and, and those prices never really seem to change, even though the damage seems to get a little bit more significant and the retail market's really untapped. I think, especially that little, that little, um, arena between, Hey, I'm just a door dent guy to hang on a body shop and the stuff that's in between. Um, I, I don't know. I'd rather take more time to do a bigger job in a controlled environment than, they're running around, running around, running around between between places, trying to get as much done as I can. Um, and and here's the here's probably the one thing that really put me up the edge. I, I work long days. I, I usually work seven to five. So you take a ten hour day, and you spend four of that in the car driving between places. At four hours, that you could be in a shop pushing metal could easily cover the rent. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that was like the oh man, do I really want to take on the responsibility of having a shop and being there from clock in to clock out, but then you realize there's actually more money to be made in the same amount of time not traveling around. And that one little open window where someone comes up and goes, hey, I've got this right here, and it's a small job, and you go, yeah, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be able to take that in right now. You know what I mean? Can you yeah. give me an hour? I mean, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that covers the rent, and you're not in the car driving around. It's free time if you're in the car just traveling between places. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's everyone has their own little pushing points or where they go. Okay, it's time to get a shop, and it's interesting hearing your take on that. Um, yeah. So that's that's really good. Now you you do quite a lot of Teslas in that shop. Am I am I right? We we see a lot of Teslas. Yeah. Now now um, what, go ahead go ahead go ahead finish your finish your thought. Well, I mean, we've got there's two dealers here, and one's in Seattle and one's over in Bellevue. The one in Bellevue is actually right down the road on, on the same street that our shop's on. So yeah, we see, we see a lot of them. Um, I, I yeah, I mean, um, go, go ahead. You, you were going to go with a question. No, yeah, we have, I, I wanna, yeah, we see a lot of, well, I want to pick your brain because I know a lot of us that work on Tesla's probably not as much as you, uh, Doug. I mean, I work, I work on a fair share, but, um, in your opinion, what do you, what do you think is the, mo the most challenging model to work on and why? 
Oh, man, I'd probably say, I mean, the S is a pretty challenging one. I, I don't know how many stints we've seen in, in rear quarters with all the charge ports and the and the tail lights out and all the stuff that comes apart on them. Um, I would say that Tesla three owners are the most challenging, but I would say Tesla S's for us are. Um, we're in a really unique situation. Um, I can literally text one of the Tesla techs. Hey man, is there a chance you can come down here, power down this car, or take apart this whatever? They'll drive down the street, and take it apart for us. Um, most most people don't have that, but we've anytime they've ever needed anything, I mean we've always returned the favor, right? Bailed them out on something, so it works really really nicely there. But Seattle is a really Seattle Bellevue really techy areas, so you get people that like that stuff, then they're going to buy Teslas, right? I mean we we see truckloads of them go by, and it's it's always uh. In the end, they're all just metal, but they're they're tricky little cars. They really are. But we've done a lot to learn as much as we can about them. Um, anytime one of the guys has come down, taken them apart, we're going to watch them and see exactly what they do, just so we can learn as much as we can. I mean, that's that's free education right there. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, are, you, are you are you are you EV certified? Are you planning to be EV certified? I am absolutely planning on it. I'm not like I like I said. I I, I have that unique ability to message someone and they come right down and power it down i mean there's no one more certified than those guys right yeah. to do their own cars but yeah. um i guess that's probably the one thing that's kept me from man i really have to do this but i really do have to do that yeah. um yeah i've actually i've actually talked to vince a little bit about having him coming up and get all the guys certified I and mean, it's one of the things it's absolutely where the car market's going yes absolutely i, I agree i agree and what, what do you think is the average what do you not not what do you think what what do you so? Because I, I look, man. I'm always. I always want to know what people charge for Teslas, and I know you probably use the Mobile Tech RX. But what do you think your average door ding, like a quarter size dent, on a Tesla is on the aluminum panel on any of them? Uh, I'm gonna guess. Oh man, average. That's always the funniest. We're in the dent community, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna guess it's around two twenty five, two fifty for right. an average door ding. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, we we start like most people with the mobile techs but i mean those cars are just different they're just they're just a little bit harder to work on and um i, I rarely try to find a way to discount them because they're just they're just harder to cars to work on yeah so, yeah i mean i find them, but here's the other thing yeah. here's the other thing about tesla people tesla people are super connected online right so i i would rather someone say oh, man, i have a little bit more money than i thought then um and i wasn't the repair i was expecting right i, I mean if yeah. that's the worst someone can say about you hey man that's a little bit more expensive than i thought I'm okay with that. That's the worst someone can say. It's a good point, man. I'd rather have them yeah. say that too. You know, I, my head is like, well, not everybody can afford high quality, but you definitely, yeah. you definitely don't want somebody saying that, you know, oh, I, I, I thought that was going to come out better or it didn't come out to my expectations. So, right. you know, and it's usually because you underpriced it in the first place and then you lose your motivation to do it right. Ah, you know man, I mean? if that isn't, that is absolutely the truth. Uh, and I, I personally, and I mean, you've been in this, for a really long time, I guess 20 years for me, February. That's the one thing about a shop, right? You can price it according to what it's going to take to make it right, not your level of, ah, oh, I did it enough, right? Yep. yep. You know, that, I only priced it at that much. That was that much effort. I'd rather put the right price on it and go until it's done. And if it's not perfect, I'm just going to keep going until it is. And that's the great thing about the guys that work with me too, right? They're going to go until it's right because they have this expectation that they're all going to look at each other's work and it has to be right. Yep. So we're probably harder on each other than our customers on our are on ourselves. Yeah, so. and and I can't want and that, which brings me to you know because I wanted to ask you about the Teslas because a lot of people do talk about that. Anything you want to throw out there as far as like it goes Teslas before I go into more of your business part about Teslas? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Do you have any advice for Teslas? Or? Yeah, I mean. In the end, I think everyone should realize they're just cars. I mean, they're aluminum cars, and they're, um, but they're just cars, right? I think everyone should get away from the, oh my gosh, this is an electric car. We've never seen these before. I mean, you're all, as a talented dent guy, the dent's still the same, right? It's just a matter of making sure that you don't do something silly with a, you know, with the electric part of the car itself, yeah. right? Yeah. Either have the car powered down, or if you're just doing a door dent, it's just door dent, right? Just just think it through like you do any other car, but. We're lucky to us. We see so many Teslas. You know what I mean? It's just, it's to us. It's it's just another car. Um, 
but I totally get why some people are like, oh man, like I had lots of guys reach out to me. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I think it's awesome. I, I think the network of dent guys and the way they ask questions amongst each other is pretty great. Like I've had lots and lots of people reach out to me on Tesla. Great. Like I'd rather someone reach out to me and, and ask me a question that I'd say, oh, yeah, this is the answer. This is the way I'd go at it. This is what I'd take apart. Then dense guys being too proud to ask the question. I think that's probably one of the coolest things about our, our, I what agree. we do for a living now. I agree. So. I a hundred percent agree, Doug. I think that, I, I think what, what goes around is that, you know, when something new comes out, like the new Tesla and something new, we have to learn. We're afraid because we don't understand it enough. And, it, it becomes, you know, oh my, you know, it, it becomes a fear factor in a way because, again, we don't understand enough information about it. But once we get, we have the under, understanding and the knowledge of it, we become more comfortable and it's not a big deal anymore. So, uh, you know, not saying overlooking like what you mentioned, Doug, is that it's still important that safety is top priority and being aware of what you're doing and where you're sticking your tools is mm -hmm. definitely a being aware. But, comfortable is where you want to be at and aware, right? Wouldn't you agree? Right. Well, and, and I mean, years ago, we didn't have side impact airbags, right? And that, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stick a tool down the door and the airbags and go off. No, I mean, we all know that that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. The chances of that are, are pretty low, right? I mean, do the right procedure, get in there and everything's going to be fine. Um, but, but one of the things I was saying is like, I mean, I've reached out to you. Hey Mike, what, what do you think about this? And you're like, oh, this is what I do, you know? Like, I think that's one of the best things, right? If someone reaches out to me from a different state and says, hey, man, we don't see too many Teslas out here, or what do you think about this? I think it's great that someone will take the take the initiative to call another dent guy, right, that does what you do and say, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. What do you think? I mean, anybody that thinks they know everything that doesn't know anything. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's – I'd be the first one to admit that. I mean, you can do it for a long time, but there's someone out there that's done something you haven't, so it, it can't hurt to reach out and say, hey, man, what do you think about this? Yeah. Most of the time, I think, as, as a seasoned dent guy, you get the same answer. Oh, man, I don't know about that. Or you'll get someone to go, hey, try this. And it's just a different perspective on than how you might look at it. So, now you have, I'm, I'm never too proud to ask a question. I, so. I agree. I mean, that's look, that's what it's about, networking. You didn't have this privilege back in the day when we were first working. No. You know what nope. I mean? We didn't nope. have that privilege, man. You you had nope. your team of dent wizard guys, to, to, but me – and most of the majority of guys didn't have crap to talk to or, or ask, yep. you know, it was do or do to or die. You know what I mean? So ride or die. That's how we called it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, anyways, but I'm listen, I want to move on to more of your business stuff. Okay. And okay. because, yeah. um, you know, you, you're, you're one of many, uh, uh, people in this, in the United States who are growing, uh, getting a team together, you work, like you said, you don't call them employees, you, you call them the guys you work with. Ultimately, hiring takes responsibility. We all know that. I have that. I, I run and operate with four different guys in my team. Um, how do you position your company? Excuse me, actually, I, I think, yeah, how, do you, how, do you, how, do you, how did you position your company in hiring new techs? What made you say, okay, it's time to hire new tech and why... What, what, how did you, how did you do that? Like what, what set you up to want to hire another tech? Um, well, you know, my first guy, because you trained him. Um, <laughs> so Ryan, my, my first guy was guy. In, Ryan, dude, he's, he's the best. And, and I will tell you, to be honest with you, it probably took me five years after I met him to hire him because I met him. I knew he was a great guy, incredibly funny, great with people. And I think you can teach people a skill, but you can't pe teach people people skills. They either have them or they don't. Yeah. So, and he has them, right? He can talk to anyone. It doesn't matter if it's a guy in a pickup truck throwing F-bombs. It doesn't matter if it's a lady dropping keys off for an S-class. He's just really good with people, and people relate to him really well. Five years, I was like, man, I, I really got to hire someone. I'm just too busy. I need some help. And every time I kept going back to Ryan, I kept going back to Ryan, I kept going back to Ryan. And finally, I reached out to him, and he was, I mean, he was definitely on board with it. Um, so I think, I guess it was to the point where I was like, man, you've got more to do than you can do. Um, and so maybe it's time to bring someone on. And Ryan rode around with me for a year. Um, he rode around me on his day off for a year. And then he rode around with me for another year, um, driving to all the dealerships and the body shops and things like that. I serviced for over 15 years already. So the transition from him to taking over those places for me 
was really pretty flawless because I would say we're quite a bit alike. He, he's, 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 he's really good relating to people and he just transitioned in it really smoothly. So can and nobody you... wants to do that. Right. Same way, Mike, you, you've got all these dealerships on Mike, 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 put Mike on the phone. I got to talk to Mike, Mike, yep. you know what I mean? And then suddenly they're, they're going straight to the guy that you brought in and they're more comfortable with that, but there is definitely a transition. Well, I want, um, I want to, I want to, if you don't mind me interrupting here, cause I know Ryan personally and yes, you, you, anybody listening, I did train, uh, Ryan, the foundation, uh, Doug sent me, uh, Ryan and, and he right off the bat was a people person. I could tell, and I think that's very important, Doug. And and I I should have brought that up. What are you looking for personality wise to help take on the responsibility of your company and the, you know, the the role of that tech? And 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 I couldn't think of anybody else. To honestly, that guy is funny as heck. He'll finish any mm-hmm. any rap song or any any <laughs> music video or any, any punchline. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's genuinely a very nice person and you could tell that anybody that he met, they would, they would click with them right away. And I, I think that's super important that you need to do that. Cause John, my, my lead tech, he's a people person and he can talk your ear off and right. But he's a really nice guy, but I think that's super important. And you, you feel like you have a level of trust with him, obviously. And did and you, you knew him through what a detailing uh, company. Yeah, he ran a, he ran a um, car wash crew, at a dealership I did work at that big hand car wash and he ran the guys and I mean, it's pretty obviously that he had good people skills and, and, and overseeing the, the guys that he dealt with. Um, but I mean, when people had a problem, they asked him a question and he just sort of solved it. So I mean, to have someone that's a problem solver and good with people, I mean, come on, you, you, you can teach a guy a skill. And here's the other thing, like when he rode around with me for a while, he watched what I did. He wasn't on his phone second stuff he watched yeah anytime we were working he was watching when he comes to the shop and maybe work we're working on some big smash even to this day he wants to learn right i mean i think that's a big part yeah, you uh, can't he wasn't that. in it for the i mean how many times have us as dent guys gone to a detail shop and did something and someone oh and that looks like easy money right and you're like no it's not it's a skill and you got to learn it and then the money becomes a little bit easier ryan i always felt like he really wanted it and he still wants it to this day so. Yeah, that's that. That's freaking awesome. That's awesome, and I yeah. love that guy. That guy is great, and that's important. That anybody looking for a tech, thinking about, and if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely got to make sure. I wouldn't. You weren't just like saying right off the bat, "Hey, you'd fit good with me," right? You were kind of analyzing them, weren't you? Say that one more time. You were, you weren't like coming right up to uh, Ryan and say, "Oh, I want you as a tech. I need somebody." You were analyzing him, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was basically watching him for five years. Um, yeah, yeah. And like I said, every time I thought, oh, this is it, it was just easy to see that he was good with people. I, I think that's a, a lot bigger part of our business than people give it credit for. Um, you could be a really amazing dent guy with a really not great attitude, and I don't think you'd be quite as successful as someone who's even if they're not as good a dent guy, but they're really good with people, right? Yeah. People want to feel like they're being taken care of. And and I feel like that's what I got with Ryan. Yeah. Um, you hit you hit a home run with him, man. I mean, I, uh, I, I knew he was well, I, I knew he was going to be a good good person, a good tech, and a good fit yeah. for you. Um, and people love him. I mean, they they tell me to this day. I mean, there's you create relationships with those that many people at that many dealerships, and they really like the guy that you brought on. That that's a, that's a that's a win right there. I think. No, so let's move on to the next one because the next tech, okay? Because I want to. Oh, this is a good little story too. Um, yep. He comes walking in asking for a job, and I'm going to put it real quick. So and then you can set up the whole rest of the story if you want. Say fill in the the pieces, the puzzles, whatever you want. But he comes in asking for a job. You hire him this short story i don't know how else you know how, how the timeline went but you hire him and then you take him to mte and he places freaking <laughs> high in the dental olympics and there, there she goes so tell me about this so the story is a little bit different i actually i actually went to mte and when i came back um got a colorado answer called me he goes hey man i hear you're looking for a tech and i'm like yeah i really am and he goes and i heard about this guy in seattle who is really really good tech and he's not doing it and i'm like what dent guy's a really good dent guy that's not doing it anymore like 
how does someone just sort of walk away from this industry if they're good at it? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to give you another guy's name and, and, and get a reference from him. And so I called Jeff up and I had Jeff come in and I could tell when he came in, he sort of was like, I'm in the shop. Like, I don't know if this, he goes, yeah, I'll come in and meet you. I'm not sure if this is what I want to do or not. And he came in and, and I really couldn't read him right away if, if he wanted to get back into it or not. Um, he just went through some some life stuff that sort of got him out of it and his, his tools got stolen and that's just sort of the situation he was in. So, And then I could tell the longer he was in the shop, he started looking around and it just you could just see it in his eyes that he wanted to do it again. Yeah. Um, and we talked and and I said, hey, come on in and, and work on some cars and see what you think. And he hadn't done it. I think I think Jeff hadn't done it in like 10 or 12 years. Um, no way, that long? That long. So that's why <laughs> he comes in I think he worked for me for, I can't remember, not even nine months or something before he went. He's like, I want to go to MT. I'm like, yeah, man. Okay, awesome. Go. You probably see some people you knew a dozen years ago. And before we go, he goes, man, I, I want to compete in the Dental Olympics. I'm like, you should. You know what I mean? He goes, no, man, I really think I want to. And I go, and, and so keep in mind, this is nine months in after after he starts working there. And I can tell you, I don't know if I've ever seen a tech as clean as him as focused as him as I will not stop until this is perfect. I mean, when you, when you take another dent guy and they're looking at him, like, I don't know what you're looking at, Jeff. And he just keeps going and he goes, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I said, man, I think you should. He goes, I'm going to bring a couple of tools. I said, okay. And then he ends up, he ends up doing it and taking fourth, you know? Amazing. And I'm like, and everybody's like, that's crazy. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm that surprised because he's that clean of a tech. Let me you know tell you I mean? something, so, dude. He, he, was I met him and he had a smile from one end to another <laughs> and I could tell he had the time of his life there dude that that yep and, and he's boy. already talking about next year yeah so Is he, are you guys planning um, to go to Vegas I don't think he might go I, I'm not gonna go uh this year so what <laughs> I'll be honest West with Coast? You. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little scared about 10 guys in Vegas so <laughs> uh we'll see um now I don't know if I'll be able to get get to go this year except I think that's September. We're we're really busy that time of the year. So okay. yeah, I don't I get know. It. But I get it. I'll haggle yeah, you more. I'll haggle you more. Yeah, because I'm trying to see if maybe we'll see. Tim wants I to come and John. Easy. I might I might yeah. get Tim and we'll talk about Tim in yeah. a minute too. Well, your brother in law. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so he he gets fourth place and he's one of the better techs. Now you got two techs uh, and I heard through the grapevine you might be freaking hiring another tech. Is that is that true? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to hire him in an office guy right now. Um, okay. Just to, just to help with that part of it. It's crazy how the busier it gets, the more things that come along like insurance and dent insurance and phone calls and emails and things like that. So yeah. the, the business has definitely grown to a point that there would be no way in estimates. We'll have days where we get 20, 25 drive ups a day just for estimates. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I pull my hair I out. Mean, man. It, <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, well, how am I ever going to get anything done? And you want to get the customer the, you know, I mean, you, you got to give them the attention they deserve, right? That's right. And the information they need. And um, especially our business, there's people just don't understand PDR. They just don't know how it works. So um, what, is, what is your what is your process when someone comes in? Are you taking the car inside and you're doing a whole price guide and setting it up and then and then going over the whole thing? Is that is that what it's going on? Is that what's taking so much time? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, you know, some of them drive up, and you know, right away, it's not a, you know, it's not a job for you guys. Um, the door's hanging off; it's yeah, yeah. probably not going to be your gig, and it needs maintenance. Um, but we will honestly take the time to walk each customer through everything, every single step of what we do, and price it out. And then after we we run it through mobile text, we'll go over it with them and show them and stand them back and go, hey, look down the car here. You can see this isn't a one inch dent; it's stretched to three, and you see how it changes this body line right here. I mean, you know, from doing this, people look at it and go, well, I never really saw that before. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, that's why a picture doesn't always tell the whole story, right? You send us a picture and we set you up for this price and then it gets here and you go, and you see this going on here? You know, there, there's a lot more work. And if you want this right, this is what's going to take. Um, we're a little bit different than most people. I know some people are like, yeah, send us a picture and this is the price. Um, we really try to make our customers come to the shop so we can look at it and go over it with them. Um, here's the other thing we love if it's something that we can't do to give people a choice. Hey, this is a guy you can go to for this. This is, this is the body shop I would send it to. Um, 
people don't have the connections that you do after that many years. So to be able to give them another option, that in itself brings customers back, even if it's not something you can do for them. Yeah, because you're being honest, right? You're saying, well, yep. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. trying to take on something I can't do and then disappoint you. Uh, I'm going to tell you right off the bat and give you somebody I mean, who can't. Or the customer that brings in this little key dense and they're like, oh, I got a lease return. And you're like, hey, man, I'll be honest with you. I can fix this and I can take your money. And I know some people are probably going to disagree with me on this, but they're really not going to hassle you about this little ding right here. You know what I mean? And I, I personally, I think being honest with a customer like that and them knowing, man, this guy could have, you know what I mean? Could have took me for some money and he, he gave me an honest answer or someone that says, hey, I got a lease return. What about this, this, and this? I go, hey, man, this is important right here. This is important right here. I think you're going to be fine right here. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's more important to me than stacking money as high as I can get it just because I can get it. Well, I mean, that's that's why you are in the position where you're at. I mean, because people don't don't do business with people they can't trust. And you don't, and people who you can't be trust don't stay in business very long. That's just the yep. way it goes. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's just the way it rolls. Um, the, I want to go back just real briefly on your, on the text real quick. Okay. So yeah, I want to give you, I want you to give some advice or give your thoughts. What do you think it is? Give the best advice you feel is how to maintain a solid team for a PDR company. In other words, how do you keep your guys loyal and how would you treat them? Uh, and and tell other people how to treat them. I mean, because it, it's all about loyalty, right? If they're comfortable, they're happy. Yeah. You're treating them right; they're gonna stay. But there's obviously more to that. I mean, give me some, give me give me your take on it, Doug. I mean, obviously, I, I come from a, an environment where I work for another guy, where I felt like, hey, man, I, I just need a little bit of appreciation. Um, I, I will always give my guys appreciation. I mean, I, I think that's that's huge. I mean. It's not always just about the money. I mean, I, I think I pay the guys really well, and I I offer things. I mean, they are employees to me, right? I I offer insurance. I offer 401K. Um, in the end, I'd rather have a really happy guys producing a lot of great quality work than trying to see every dime I could take from them. You know what I mean? Um, I like these guys too, man. They're, they're my friends. We, we, we message outside of work. It doesn't matter if it's a, a funny text back and forth or, Hey, you know, what, what's, what's going on tonight? What you watching on TV? I mean, we all get along really well. It's such a harmonious group of guys. It's pretty easy to want to keep them happy. Um, and here's the other thing. If I'm in there and I'm like, Hey, what, what do you need? You got a tool you need. Is there something you need? I'll get it for you. You know what I mean? Um, Man, I well, you're making think, me feel selfish oh, and, man. and crappy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I really like these guys, and I consider them my friends, not just not just guys that work work with me. Man. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I always say, we, we, we. I, I don't say me, me, me. And I don't read a lot of this is business. This is good for business. I mean, I've always been the head down. I work really hard. I, I've, I've kept people happy, and I found two guys. I don't know if it's total dumb luck or, or what it is, but they're, they're really great guys who really care about their work, who really care about customers. Um, but I don't know. I want to give them every tool that they need to be successful as they can. Um, and I also know that, you know, every two weeks, every month they're going to get their check and here it is. And I'm not, I'm trying to give them everything that they deserve. You know what I mean? And here's yeah. the other thing. If a job comes in the shop and it's one of those, Oh man, this is kind of a friend deal. And I usually take it because it's one of those jobs that doesn't really pay well. I always want to make sure they're working and billing. That's my perspective on happy, healthy employees. Well, man, I, uh, you, oh. know, you, you got another job opening cause, uh, you wanna... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> man, good for you. Uh, I mean, honestly, Doug, yeah. that, that is really good to hear because uh, it inspires myself it inspires, I think listeners who are, who do have, other people uh, that they work for or excuse me, that they work for them. And possibly even if you're going to hire another tech, I think the advice that you're giving and, and some of the stuff you're saying is, is just super uh, awesome. I think it's really, really good. And um, yeah, I appreciate you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, if it was, I mean, it's a pretty silly thing to say, but it's, it's, it, it really should be lived a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to treat them the way, same way I wished I was treated, right? Back when I worked for someone. And if someone does a, a, 
an awesome repair, I'm going to tell them, man, that was an awesome repair. You know what I mean? I, I want them to know that I appreciate how much they did. Uh, even if the customer comes and goes, oh yeah, that's 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 great, thank you, and they pay their bill and leave, I'm like, hey man, that, that was that was a killer repair, that was a badass repair. You you know you did a great job on that. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's um, super important. I I, I one hundred yeah. do. Um, and and then and matter of fact, I mean, shoot, I I tell Tim, who let me introduce Tim. Tim Fultz <laughs> is uh, Tim Fulton, is your brother-in-law who works for me, and yep. and um, I'll tell you what, he is a ass buster man i mean and he i've never seen anybody work so hard for the dealers and loves it okay and and checks in with me like a robot uh let's talk about him a little bit because you inspired him to stay get stay back in getting this business you got him into pdr you set him Mm -hmm. up to train with me he was supposed to have his own business in orange county it didn't work out uh apparently for his own reasons because he's a professional skimboarder right yep yep and um Um, yeah go ahead go ahead doug you go ahead you got a little bit yeah yeah i mean he that's a i think it's a good thing that you pointed out there it's like i think a lot of guys think hey i'm gonna go learn this skill i'm gonna start my own business and i'm gonna kill it it just doesn't always work that way right like there's a lot of local techs that are really deeply rooted in the dealerships and the body shots and stuff like that so as a new guy, you come out and you go, hey, man, look, I'm, I'm a dent guy. I mean, where's the work? Give me some work. Um, Tim is so happy working for you. I mean, he, he's got the work. It's there to do. He wants to do it. He does it. He's happy. Um, it's just I think there's a lot more to running a business and doing all the things that are behind the scenes and people realize and trying to get into places. So that's been an absolutely flawless fit for him working for you. And I couldn't be happier that he's, that he's working for you. Well, I couldn't be happier that you referred him to me, honestly. And uh, he is one hell of a tech, and he's, I've seen him, I'm just watching him grow, and he loves it. I mean, you can see it. And it, this is one thing I tell people, even if you were, maybe if you're a first time, you're getting into the business, and, but if you feel like you're chase, trying to chase the money and you're in it for the biz, for the money, then you, un, unfortunately, you're going to have a really, really hard time. But, if you love what you do and you become better at it, it's funny, Doug, that money follows you better. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it's, yep. it comes naturally and it does. It's like, you're not waiting for the money because you're so locked up in the passion of this art of paintless dent repair that money doesn't become the most important part of it. it it's become second, but still it's, it just follows. I don't know how to explain it, man, but it, it's, it, and some people might think, oh, Mike, you, you have it all. No, that's not. Dude, I, let's get passionate about it first. You know what I mean? Yep. Doug? And, I mean, and that's, that's exactly what it is. I think, I think it's the passion, right? Like you want to see that look on someone's face when you deliver a car back to them that they thought, oh man, I, I can't believe that. Like I, I expected it to be better, but I didn't expect it to be that good. I, I think that's the one word, right? It's, I 100% think it's passion, right? Like there's some people that are car guys, some people that aren't car guys. But that look on the customer's face sometimes is more payment. Like you might have underbid a job and you're like, oh, but when that customer goes, man, I, I can't believe this, right? Like that in itself sometimes is payment. And that that's what drives me. That's what drives Tim. You can tell. I mean, how many times Tim sends me a picture of before and after and I'm like, man, you are really coming a long way, Right. And when you care what other people think about it, I, I think your your success is it's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, and with that comes more money. I just, yeah. I, yep. I, everybody's money driven, but I mean, I think you totally hit it when you said, you know, when you really care about, man, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then the money just sort of follows after that. It, it so. does, it does, and then, and what when Tim was learning. Uh, he was scared that he couldn't do the dance. It's not that he wasn't passionate about it. He was just scared, you know, and right. and he didn't have anybody to help him lead. But now he's an awesome monster tech. He takes on anything. He's shows up when he says he's going to show up. But it all fall. It all it all dumps over <clears> to <throat> because he's passionate and he loves what he does. And good for him and good for you, Doug. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. I just want to say yeah. that publicly, thank you for uh, sending <laughs> of him to course, me. Man. Thank he, you. He's one of the best techs uh, I've had. So, uh, good yeah, job. he's also not afraid to fail or afraid to fail though. Right. No, I he, mean, I think people look at big stuff and they go, Nope, 
nope, nope. Hey, man, you're, you're going to do some of those, and you're going to fail at them, but then you're not going to fail at them. I feel bad. He calls me. And, he, he'll call yeah. me, man. He's like, I'm like, uh, you know, the manager's right here. I'm like, Tim, just tell him $500, dude. And, yep. uh, you know, it is what it is. I go, you can call Doug. He's going to tell you the same thing, you know? Yep. You know, he, why should you suffer? You know, but we can right. get into that whole subject there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, listen, I want to get back to the thing real quick. I got a few more questions and then I'll let you go. Sure. So, yeah. listen, I, I, I know my challenge. This isn't about my business and stuff, but I want to talk about yours. What's the most challenging part of running your business? What do you, what gives you the most headache or what, what, what do you think you, you need to work on? Oh man, I bet one of the biggest challenges for me is relinquishing control of something. Uh-huh. Um, and just like you, right? You have people that have known Mike, 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 or Doug, 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 and they call and they expect to answer, you to answer the phone, and it's not always you that answer the phone. And to be able to go, hey, you know, this is my tech, and he's a very talented guy, and just talk to him. You know what I mean? Um, that's a hard thing to do because we're also, I built this. This is, you know what I mean? I worked and worked and worked and worked, but I got other guys that work for me now that care as much as I do. So ask them a question. You know what I mean? Ask them to come out and look at it. It doesn't have to just be me. Um, that and still trying to make every customer feel like they're as important as they were 15 years ago when I was just a guy running around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that and insurance companies and dent insurance and stuff like that. That to me has become a really big, we're always really proud as dent guys and we don't want to budge on anything. I'm like, I'm doing my best to not give up as much as I I think is necessary to insurance company, but still not lose a, a job. It's a good job. You know what I mean? Coming to the, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I can meet you in the middle there of that. And, um, and I, I think that's one of the reasons I'm glad I have a shop. Like if you can get a, if you can get a, um, outside sales guy, I mean, it's not sales guy outside rep for an insurance company to come at your shop and they see what you do and they realize that you're legitimate. That certainly yeah. helps. Yep. Yep. I, I get that. I get that. I mean, what, what do you think, do you think it's challenging to get your customers who are expecting a mobile repair? I mean, even though you can huh. send Ryan or whatever, but they want yeah. to estimate, yep. do you, what's the challenge of that I mean, as far as getting them to the shop? What, what you, you have any advice on that? Yeah, I mean, um, people definitely will push for price. I want. I just need a ballpark. Uh, yeah. You know, just give me a ballpark number. And you're like, oh, man, you know what I mean? And you know as well as I do, someone says, I have this small dent, you know, like, and, and you joke with customers, you go, small like a nickel or small like a basketball? And they sort of think about it for a second and they go, <laughs> I never oh, did yeah, that. I think I like that. Oh, man. All, all the time, like, oh, it's just a normal dent. You know, what, what's something like that called? Small. And you go, well, small like a nickel, small like a basketball. And they go, oh, yeah, well, okay, it's like a, you know, it's like a baseball. And you go, okay, well, now I've narrowed it down to where, where it is. But I think people, when you sort of give them that little, that little, off the cuff, little joke thing, like, Hey, what do you think? They go, Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, you know, it's like, like calling your mechanic and go, Hey man, the car's not running right. What does that cost? I don't know. It might be a $15 fuel cap might be a $15,000, whatever. Um, we really, really push our customers to come in. And I, I know a lot of people don't, um, but we will tell them, Hey, look, you can come in anytime. We're open seven to five. You do not need an appointment. We will give you an estimate on the spot or if you're in a hurry, we will look at your car, we'll take the pictures, and we will email you an estimate if you're in a hurry. So that, I mean, we try to keep our schedule as open as we can for estimates so people know, hey, man, uh, yeah, okay, I can get in there on my lunch break or something like that. And, and, I mean, we work through our lunches there at the shop, so we're literally available from the time we open till the time we close for estimates. Wow, that's good. I mean, I, I like that. Yeah. I like I like. I have to re-listen to my yeah. podcast here now. <laughs> hey, uh, do you do you have any systems in place uh, besides uh, like your estimating system? Do you have like a pricing or scheduling? What? How do you how do you manage all that, Doug? Oh man, is that why is that why you say you're hiring somebody? Yeah, um, I could probably be better with the online stuff as far as people's ability to schedule. I just don't love it because I don't know if a job's going to take an hour or a job's going to take five hours. Um, uh, I don't really have any really great advice to tell someone on how to schedule. We stay, we stay really busy. If there is an open slot and someone comes in, we will try to get them in right then. Right. If it's, if it's just a door ding and we're like, I oh, mean, that, that other job we got till the end of the day. Yeah. If you want to leave it to us and walk up the street and, and get yourself a coffee or something, we'll get you in and get you out. Um, 
we used to try to be a little bit more, oh, no, we're, we're exclusive. We're, you can't just come in today and get it done. I've totally changed my perspective on that. I would rather a customer have the ability to go, yeah, I was able to get in and get it done. You know what I mean? And then they're on their way. That's one job you did with the sale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, good. I'm, I like the, I like your answers, man. You you got a, <laughs> you got really cool answers. I mean, here's the cool thing about it, Doug. You you know, you run your shop just a bit different than I do and it works mm-hmm. for you and then I and I, it works for me, you know what I mean? And this is where you and me personally would like to sit down and then we we share our thoughts back and forth too as well. So yeah. I'm sure people will come back to that too. And okay. I'm definitely gonna have you on again, Doug, because we're gonna okay. we're gonna check on how your hiring went for the for the front office oh, and, and how it's going and, and from there. But um, now let's talk about you. All right, okay. I just got one more question here, and then oh, uh, we'll, my, we'll, my we'll, we'll close it out. All right. <laughs> Are you always yeah. going to be pushing? Or are you going to slowly step back? Or are you going to pursue other things? I mean, um, are you? What are you going to try? Are you going to try to grow the business behind the scenes, or what, what's your dealio? Man, that's a good question. We, I mean, they're they're building three brand new dealerships across the street from our shop right now, uh-huh. and we don't really focus that much on dealers. I have the same dealers that I've had for almost well, some of them I've had twenty years. Um, yeah, I still like pushing. Um, Sometimes all the paper pushing and things like that isn't isn't necessarily for me. I like the pushing, but I do like the fact that I don't have to push as hard as I did every single day right now. Um, I still like doing it because I've always, I mean, I, I come from a, I like to work. I mean, I just do. Um, I would never ask my guys to do anything that I wouldn't do. So I'm a little bit different that way, but I don't know. I'm not getting any younger either. So um, it, it's, it is nice to go into work sometimes and look at the jobs and go, yeah, all right. I can I can do that one, and, and Jeff can do that one, and Ryan can do that one, and I know that I don't have to uh, work quite as hard to get to you know to, to get it all done. So, will I push forever? No, but I'll, I'm still pushing for a while. You know, eat man, man. My kids are young. I'm pushing for a while. Yeah, so, yeah. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I mean, the, the yeah. reason why I'm asking you too is because you know we ain't getting any younger either, and we're you know that's the whole point is right is have a have a business so you can create a system so the system can run the business and you run the system. So, and in the, in, in the long run, you want to spend more time with the family and see your sure. kids, you know what I mean? And, and, and do other things like that. So uh, I was just, that's what I was asking. See if you had any, any plans and, and whatnot. I know your business is flourishing. It's doing well. And Doug, you're a hell of a, a hell of a guy, man. I, I've been friends with you for quite a few years and, you know, I just never had you on the podcast, and and I said, man, I got to get Doug on here, man. Oh, man, so. thanks, appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to miss any of the stuff. I never want to look back and go, oh man, I wish I'd have worked. I wish I'd have worked a little later on a Friday. Uh, and I, you know, I I want to be around with my kids and watch them do what they want to do. My life's totally different than it was five years ago. It, it, before I had kids, I'd I'd work six seven days a week. I, I didn't care. I work as late as I want. It's just who I am. But now that I have kids and a family and an amazing wife, I mean, that, that to me is definitely my priority. Um, I just have to be a little bit better about, okay, guys, you got this and I'm leaving. Um, I'm a little better than I was, but yeah, no, I know we, yeah. we all have yeah. to be, have to have to do it. You know, we all have to come to that bridge at some point You're You're right. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just want to say thanks a lot, Doug, for taking the time out of your busy schedule and your family time after work and, and coming on the podcast, man. What you said and and some of the advice you gave was was awesome, and it was a pleasure listening to to all your, your stories, too. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I, I appreciate it, and, and my our friendship means the world to me, so thank you. Appreciate that. Man, thanks, Doug. You bet. All right, that is it for Podcast 49. Thank you, Doug, for coming on again. Now, I just want to set you up for the for the 50th podcast. Don't miss it. It will be the last one that I do on a weekly basis for now. I'm going to, again, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the beginning of the podcast, I believe I'm going to go every three weeks, which I think is going to be the sweet spot for me personally. Okay. Um, don't miss next week's 50th episode because we are going to feature keith constantino we're going to talk about what would you do different if you had to start pdr brand new okay if you had a chance to go back time what would you do different as a new pdr tech and company and then what would you 
if you if within goals, I'm gonna. This is some of the questions I want to ask him. What would you do right now? Advice to help somebody make a smart, just make smarter decisions in PDR. So, hope you guys stay tuned for that. It's probably gonna be a lot more in there, and I, I know you'll like it because Keith is a, is always a pretty intelligent guy to listen to, and I think you'll just get a lot out of it, as I know. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you on the next one.